All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 1996 breakthrough huge cultural phenomenon, Scream. Before we get into that, though, Andrew, how we doing? Doing pretty good, man. You know, excited to talk about this movie. And uh, you know, I know, I know that unfortunately Halloween is over, and I'm not drunk in reviewing that movie for two hours this time. <laughs> but you know, I think I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> so Andrew and I, after that episode, I was just like, dude, we cannot do these two-hour episodes all the time anymore. It's just I can't. For my own sanity, I can't handle it. Oh my god, I was I was dying at the end of that. But you had a lot of shit to say, and you were very passionate about it. And I respect that, Andrew. Oh, oh thank you. Andrew, Andrew Ranting is my favorite, Andrew. Because it doesn't happen too often. Or it does happen often, but it's only about mundane shit. Which I you love. Know, admittedly, though, like, I, I gotta thank Truly for that. I, I, I chugged two Trulies before we <laughs> hopped on. Because I, I stole them from my sister, left them at my other sister's house. Because uh, she's pregnant and can't drink them. And I Sucker. was not looking forward to talking about that movie. So I chugged two of them thinking, like, it's not that much alcohol. And I definitely started to feel it towards the end of that review. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, All right, cool. But uh, I, I, I did want to mention, though, um, Dan, this is our 49th episode. Happy number 49? I know. I mean, 50 is next. So, uh, Gosh. Uh, our, our plan is to review all the Scream films. So Scream 2 is going to be our uh, our 50th film. Okay, I um, think we were, when we're going to do a double feature, Scream 2 and Scream 3 at the same okay, time? Yeah, that's, yeah, Scream 2 and 3. No, I, 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 hmm. Should we do 2 and 3 or should we do 3 and 4? Because I'm trying to think about like what's... 3 is not great. I think 2 is actually pretty good. I don't think 4 is good. So maybe like 3 and 4? I heard it. the general consensus has usually been 1's the best, 4's the second best, then 2, then 3. Oh really? I see. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember liking four. I I remember. I always in my mind it was always one, two, four, three. But like, hmm. Let's but uh, I, let's do it again and figure out exactly where we fall this time. Yeah. No, I, I'm curious actually what you think because I almost wonder if my watching of this I might I might rate this movie less than I thought I would. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, so yeah, Dan and I are planning to go through all these movies. Um, but uh, I think on a side note, it, I just, I don't know if you saw this on Instagram, uh, but um, our buddy, Swedish horror nerd, apparently is actually pitching films now. Uh, he oh, said he got, great, he got like, an interview with some company um, pitching a film. So, you know, bravo, bravo to him. Good, good luck to him. That, that is awesome. He, he's, yeah. I feel like he's been a great, like, I feel like he's a great part of the horror community. He's like always posting stuff on there. He seems like a really supportive dude. And like, I think that's awesome. I'm really excited to see what he does. And I, I know he's in a movie a little while ago. He said he was in like a World War II movie, I believe. How uh, nice! Or maybe not World War Two. Some some world some war movie. Um, so I, I you know I want to see how his career goes. It's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Now the guy is a machine. He just keeps posting out, punching out stuff over and over and over again. So uh, we did do uh, Halloween Five with him. We did a podcast with him recorded. So definitely check that out. Listen to it if you want to hear a little bit more content. 
Yeah, anyway, he also, uh, he also has a website ahead. too. He has, I think, if you look up Swedish horror nerd, he has a website where he posts a lot of stuff, which is cool. Yeah, I think he's um, gotten some people, some of our stuff's on there as well. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't contributed probably as much as uh, as I'd like to. But um, he does have a lot of great contributors on there. It's a pretty cool site. You guys should go check that out as well. I think it's just Swedish horror nerd. Uh, if you follow his Instagram, you can find his website there as well. Nice, nice, nice. All right, cool. So let's get into Scream. Um, so in terms of this, I mean, obviously, we both know about this movie. This was probably the most famous mover, horror movie of the 90s. Um, and let's actually go back to the era, 1996. Um, horror movies were not in a good place in 1996. There was, you know, the slasher genre... Freddy and Jason were both on their eighth and ninth installments. It's the interest was not very, very high. And there weren't too many horror movies coming out around this time that gained a lot of critical success. And that's one of the reasons why Scream became such a huge cultural phenomenon is because the whole meta aspect of it all in terms of the characters recognize what to do during a horror movie and constantly make fun of that and actually having horror movies being a major theme of the actual horror movie uh, was a pretty refreshing for this time. And... It just, yeah, there was a lot going for it in terms of that. Um, in terms of when I saw this movie originally, I believe it was a sleepover in middle school. I saw it with a couple friends, and I remember really loving it at that point. I've seen it a couple times since then, but I haven't for quite some time. Um, so it was a really joy to actually see this movie again. How about you, Andrew? Uh, uh, so for me, like, this movie came out when I was been, like, four or so, so I was a little bit behind on it. Um yeah, no, I was, okay, I was five when this came out. Um, I, I kind of came across the same way I came across the, um, I don't know, I, I, my horror renaissance I had in, like, high school and uh, college when I just kind of binged a bunch. Um, so for me, I watched it at the same time I watched, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and all them. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, obviously amazing when I, when I first watched it. I loved it. I've, I've seen it a lot of times since then, and I think, I, I admittedly, I think some of my perception of it that we may talk about a little bit later may have been colored by how many times I've seen this movie. Because <laughs> um, it was a joy to watch again, but it was also like a, I knew every step of the way. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I, it, it, it's uh, it, it's one of those movies, though, that I think you can focus on different things on. Like this time I focused on Stu and um, Billy. I really wanted to see how they acted, to see like how telegraphed it was. And holy shit, it's telegraphed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, wow, is this ever a mystery? <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I... I, no, I, I have very fond memories of it. Um, and I think even though, like, again, watching it, you can kind of get, if you watch it too many times in a movie, you kind of get bored of it. I think those fond memories still stick, and it doesn't color that at all. Well, one thing I wanted to say first is just this movie, I just, I really was impressed with the screenplay. It's a very tightly written film. The characters are all memorable. The lines are all memorable. Like, it, it's one of those movies where I take a look at it and think to myself, what, what would I change or what would move around? And there really isn't too much. I think it's very, very solid all around. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, no, the script on this is amazing. I think it's Kevin Williamson. Like, it's it's great. And I think, I'm pretty sure he, I can't remember if he left for the third one or something. I know that he didn't do all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it was the third one, yeah. When he left, yeah, I remember. I remember. I think like him leaving not being a <laughs> a great thing for the series. Um, but I can't remember if he's involved in Scream Five or not because I know you know obviously Wes Craven passed away unfortunately, so I don't know if he's going to be involved in Five. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope he is because I think he definitely brought what like what was good about the series. Uh, he wrote a lot of that dialogue was all him. 
Um, yeah. But one thing I just wanted to ask you about is, like, I was thinking about it, because, like, when you think about the big slashers, I feel like, you know, you always think about, uh, you know, obviously Freddy, uh, Jason, Michael, and I always kind of forget about Ghostface. And I don't know if it's because, since it's a meta film, it kind of has to exist outside of the other slashers, because it's not, it knows them, it you know, it comments on them, or simply because the, the killer changes every time. But, like, do you find that same thing? Like, I never really think of Ghostface with the big slashers. He's also, I guess, of a later genre of a later era, but um, I don't know. I always I, kind of see him removed. I did during, you know, the early 2000s, late 90s, in terms of the area when this series was popular, but it has lying dormant for quite some time at this moment, so I agree with you. I don't really think of him as one of those absolute classic slashers on that front. Definitely, you know, up there. Let's say, you know, Freddy, Jason, Michael Myers, they're S-tier. Ghostface is definitely A-tier, but I, it, not quite the heavy hitter there's the rest of them. And can I just say, too, one of the things I really, really like about Ghostface, not just the every single movie leaves you guessing as to who it could be, but I like the fact that Ghostface always get the shit kicked out of them. Oh, yeah. Like... And it's not in a Michael Myers, you know, otherworldly kind of way, but, you know, you get a fridge door slammed to the face, get, you know, run over, just all of this stuff happens to them, and you can tell it's impactful to them, and that's what I really, really like. It just, it feels more real in that way. No, I agree. There are some times where, like, it almost feels like it's played more for laughs, and, like, I think there are times I noticed this time, too, where it kind of took me out of it, in the sense that, like, when you realize that it's Stu and uh, Billy... Like, the scene where he runs at Tatum and flips over her. Like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's wearing a mask. Maybe he's kind of, you know, having trouble with it. But I'm like, three right I think that's Billy. <laughs> it has to be Billy who did that. And, like, I'm like, Billy's short, first off. But also, like, what? <laughs> you just, like, flipped over this girl who ducked. <laughs> like, I, it has to be because the mask is blinding him. But I would love some comment towards that. Because it just makes him seem, like, very, like, Billy seems very apt when he is without the mask. But when he's in the costume, and I'm assuming there are a couple times where I kind of figure out I think it's him. He just makes some really weird choices. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think the fight is great. I think like him getting hit is great. Um, and, it, and the thing I like about it too is it gives you that hope for the survivor. It's not like a Michael Myers where he comes out of the closet and strangles him. It's not like, you know, you know that they're probably going to die, but you kind of like hope that they won't and that they might get away. And there's that like moment, like when Tatum's fighting him, like you think she might get away. And like, I, I like that. I think it adds, like, that's an element that I don't think is very common in horror movies. I think a lot of times in horror movies, there is this feeling of despair. And I think it comes with the later screams as well. But there's this feeling of like nihilism of like, these characters are going to die. Um, but especially in the first one, where we didn't quite know yet that um, Nev Campbell uh, was going to be the main character. Like, you thought she might die yeah, in, can we, in that scene. Can we, can we talk about the Janet Lee just brilliant opening scene? Oh, yeah. God, what an iconic scene. You know, Drew Barrymore was all over the posters. So many people think that she was going to be the main character, and she dies in the opening scene. And it's just, it, it, it's such a good scene. Just the popcorn, the fire, the smoke, the boyfriend, the horror movie, the, you know, tension rising up, which is like, no, it wasn't Jason on the first Friday the 13th. It's Jason's <laughs> mother. And, and then the mom coming home and that curling scream and the horrifying aspect of a it's a little bit slapstick to begin with but once that scene ends and both the teenagers are dead god it just it sets such a great tone for the movie it's such an amazing scene no i, I completely agree i to, and, the, and the thing that almost is, I, I 
not to shame the movie or I, I'm not to come negative, but like I think it's like the best scene in the movie, but not in the sense that the other is bad. But like you mentioned, the tightness, like it's that scene is so tight, and it's so like the progression from like flirty phone call into mm-hmm. like the sensible character that Drew Barrymore is to like the things kind of falling apart and like the way that like when he picks up that when like the last time she hangs up on him and he's like don't ever don't know the fucking hell hang up on me like that break in his voice was so good i i don't know, I've, I've thought that the writing was great the performance was great and like like you mentioned like the the mom screaming but even like to me like the the scarier part is like when uh the parents are walking home and there's she's so close to being saved yep and they're literally if they just looked left they would have seen him pull her and kill her like mm-hmm. that is terrifying i that that was so effective um and, you know, just being home, looking out. Like, I think we all have those moments, you know, especially if you watch a horror movie at night and you hear some noise outside and you kind of walk around and lock your doors. And, like, I I thought that was great. It, it, it was such a good opening and such a good way to set the tone for the film because it's gruesome, but it's creepy and it's a slow build and, like, it's the introduction of the dialogue. Like, I, I that, like, that, if that was just, like, a short by itself, too, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like it was, honestly. It felt like that. It felt like, like, I know that wasn't how it happened, but it almost felt like the pitch to the movie. Um, and I can't remember, I know some of the, I can't remember what the second one, I know the second one starts off with, I think, um, the second one's a theater scene, right? Yeah, the second, the second one's the theater, the third one is, uh, Cotton Weary, uh, and the fourth one, I think the fourth one was, like, a, a fake, it wasn't, like, an inside, like, it was a movie in a movie, and it happened, like, twice in a row or something. I actually have not seen the third one, um, and the fourth one I barely remember. I remember seeing it at one point, but I'm actually really excited to get back into it. Oh, wait, really? You haven't seen the fourth one? The third one? Damn. Uh, no, I have not seen the third one. Hmm. Yeah, good? I saw the first two, and then I saw the fourth one, and that's been it, so. I And I haven't seen, I know that the fifth one, the trailer released for it, um, and I've mm-hmm. heard, I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to spoil it, because a lot of people are saying it's the opening scene. It's the opening kill, quote unquote, but like that she survives. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't want to watch it because I don't want to spoil that for myself. Like, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like it's going to be good. I know, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think that, that that first thing sets the store for the movie. It's great. Um, but do you want to hop into the characters from here? Because I feel like what makes the movie really good are the characters and people remember the most. Yeah, and that actually kind of goes back to what you were talking about before in terms of you really kind of get a feel for these characters. And another thing that kind of hit me too is I didn't hate any of these characters. Like the, the clearly there were parts of them that were annoying and there were, they were entertaining. Like mm. from, um, oh gosh, I guess I'm having a brain fart. Uh, Henry Winkler is the principal and, <laughs> who was fantastic. He's so good for the fucking Fonz. And then, of course, we have to say, too, uh, well, no, before that, uh, Courtney Cox, you know, Friends in there. This was absolute high point of her career. She was riding off the coattails of Friends. It was big, big get for the movie. But then, of course, we have to talk about uh, Mr. Shaggy himself, Matthew Lillard. Just, um, he's so, so good in this movie. He, his... There you go. His just his scene at the very end of the movie with the crazy eyes and everything. He's so good at playing just this. Oh, he's such an entertaining person to join. Oh yeah. To watch. Uh-huh. I, I agree. I think like we were going to talk about the killers first. Like, I feel like him, like he plays the character so well as like the, ju- like the kind of jokey friend who you just kind of thought might get off at some point because mm-hmm. he like, you know, like the, I'll be right back. Like that's the character. Like obviously he's a killer, but like, 
it was like those those scenes where you you could see the archetype he was playing. He was the jokey friend, the jokey stoner who gets killed. Um, so I, I loved seeing him as that character. And like, I for me, like I, his his reveal at the end and like who he was, like obviously he's he's crazy, but as like a character who you kind of discover is almost kind of a patsy and like maybe taken advantage of a little bit by Billy, I felt kind of bad for him. Mm-hmm. Like my my secret hope is that he's the killer in Scream Five. That he comes back. I would totally be on game for that. I, I think he has gone on public record saying, "Yeah, sorry guys, they haven't asked me back for Screen Five, but uh, God, I would, I would, I would love that. That would just be hokey enough to be just entertaining for me. And then just the idea of, I mean, I yeah, did we give a spoiler warning? We probably should give a spoiler warning. I mean, uh, if it, you haven't seen, it's, it's, it's yeah. a twenty-five-year-old movie. I think we're okay. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't seen Scream, seen Scream. It's a classic. It's great. Um, but just at the very end, the whole fact with the whole movie, you're guessing which killer it could be, possibly, and it ends up being two killers. Like, that, my very first time, blew my mind. I was just like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. I loved it. Um, I actually thought uh, the, uh, oh god, what's his name? The uh, the police, Dewey. Dewey, yes, Dewey. David Arquette? For the, yeah. For the longest time, I thought he was going to be the killer. Um, and then when really? Scary Movie, yeah, when Scary Movie parodied this movie <laughs> and actually had him as the killer, I was just like, "Ah, okay, I see what's going there." But, oh, uh, that reminds me. Did you see Scary Movie before this, or did you see this first? I actually saw Scary Movie before this. Same. Um, yeah. See, and, and for me, I feel like, like it's weird because, like, I, I don't know about you, but the first three Scary Movies I think are pretty good, and I think they do a pretty good job parodying certain scenes from the film. And I so, feel like, go ahead. I just say I think Scary Movie One was such an analog of this and of um, I know you did last summer mm-hmm. that it was like almost too. It was like to the point that like I remember watching this and being like, oh, I know exactly how this is gonna go, except for the, the surprise killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I, I think I agree. I think I think that movie almost colored me what Dewey was. Yeah. Uh, it also made made Dewey like I think if you watch Scary Movie and then you watch Dewey you might be tempted to think of him as a scary movie character a little bit more, but, like, he was pretty competent. Like, he was a young cop, a young deputy, but, uh... Yeah, in the first movie, he's definitely, you know, somewhat relatable in terms of what his skill set is and everything. I do hear that later on in the movies, though, it just kind of becomes ridiculous. Yeah, he becomes... He's the punching bag in a lot of movies, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, so here, do you want to hear, like, one of my most unpopular opinions? Go for it. In, like, cinema in general. Okay, so this is not the opinion, but, like, I love slapstick comedy. Uh, I grew up on Austin Powers and Airplane and Mel Brooks movies and all of that. I've seen pretty much every Zucker movie ever made. I am not a fan of the first two scary movies. Like, when they came out, I thought they were entertaining, but I watched them after college, basically, and I just, I could not get into the first two whatsoever anymore. I found them really, really just bad. Except... For Scary Movie 3. That movie is a fucking classic. I love 3 so much. So I will agree with that actually completely. I think 1 and, like, I think they're good movies in the sense that, like, they're kind of, like, dumb. But I will say 3, I think, is, like, a good movie. And mm-hmm. the other two are just, like, like, the first two, like, like, it's too much, like, and I know it's, like, weird to say potty humor. But it's, like, a bunch yeah. of, dick, it's a dick joke after dick joke after dick joke. And it's it, it's too much. Like, but there's some funny scenes, like, there's some good elements they pull out of it. Like, I love, like, the, like... Where are you? Like, where am I hiding? And she's like, behind the couch. Like, oh fuck! Like, I, I love those scenes because, like, the idea of the killer like fucking up or like, you know, like uh-huh. the, the reality that you probably would see him sneaking around. I love those elements. But yeah, as a whole, 
not great films. Other, yeah, but three. Scary Movie 3 is just so much more clever and just dated, too. Like, 1 and 2 became very dated very, very quickly. But uh, 3 of the jokes stand on their own. When I feel the, like this... Sorry. There you go. No, the scene in Scary Movie 3 where the sheriff's hat just keeps getting bigger <laughs> and bigger and bigger every goddamn time. Oh, it, it is an absolute classic of the movie. Anyway. I, I quoted that movie so much growing up. I <laughs> I got... So I, I want to watch it again now. Now, like... I also think the movie scared me a little bit. Like, I don't think I'd seen The Ring at that point, and I was like, creepy ring, girl. <laughs> the scene that they're parried to the car crash and the signs, Tom, I'll need a ride home. <laughs> so fucking good. Anyway, like, back to screen. I love when M. Night Shyamalan, or the, 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 uh, the, um, that M. Night Shyamalan pulls up, or his, you know, his, his character pulls up, and he, like, looks forward, he, like, looks back, and then drives forward, like, off the edge of the thing. Oh. <laughs> So good. Okay, I need to watch that again. But anyway, back to Scream. Okay, so, so, we, talked, so we talked about Stu. Um, Stu's my, I love Stu. I keep wanting Stu at the end to, like, get redeemed and not die somehow. Uh, what do you think about yeah. Billy as a character? Billy, I mean, definitely when it first started off, but even before the first fake outs, um, I suspect him as the killer, and then it was just like, oh, he's not the killer. Oh, he is the killer. Um, in terms of how he is, I mean, he plays his role well. He's definitely outshadowed or overshadowed by outclassed is the word i'm looking for outclassed by a lot of the other characters in this but he does play the creepy possessive boyfriend pretty well yeah the thing with me is like i feel like he does his role really well for what he is but like he almost feels like the other characters like were a character but kind of like you know moved around a little bit like tatum was the friend who gets killed but also kind of was like the protector like she was like i feel like tatum had more elements to her but he felt like one character the entire time like it, it didn't really seem like we got many sides of him which is weird like because i feel like he does his role really well mm-hmm. but and like but i also wonder if maybe like the actor like the kind of what he's done since then not very much really like he his was name in, is skeet skeet ulrich like he, he was in the craft and stuff but like i don't see him as much and i kind of like as i was watching him i think he he does that role and dials that role good once in that zone but i don't know if his range is there like the other characters really are yeah it's a good way to put it but i think that's also i think his character is supposed to be so intense like he was the ob he was the red herring that was the killer essentially Mm -hmm. he was supposed to play that character so hard that then when he got stabbed in the bedroom that it was supposed to be like oh shit you know like oh there goes all my my idea that it was him so i like i liked that um but i don't know i think he was probably the weakest member of the cast uh to me but like also like not like the weakest member of the cast but still giving him an a rating you know yeah yeah definitely and and just harry winkler is the principal the 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 complete asshole principal that just like does everything over the pa oh really i didn't think he i thought he was like a caring principal i thought like I, I, I thought he was, like, a principal who was, like, an ass because he was, like, concerned about his kids. Like Yeah, that's what I was going for. Oh. He's just, he comes off as a dick. He comes off as an asshole. And definitely they ham it up with the unappreciative kids. Okay, so the scene later on in the movie where the director realized, or the writers realized, oh, shit, we got to get the teenagers all out of the house. And <laughs> the, the way they do that is to say, oh, yeah, the principal got stabbed. Oh, let's hand him up on the flagpole before they take him down. Woo! Or, no, let's go view him on the flagpole before he gets taken down. Woo! <laughs> I love that so much. Like, yeah, yeah that works. That, that was great. Yeah. And I think those scenes like that are what really makes Scream work. Is just, it's 
it's so much fun to watch. Like, it, it definitely there are moments that are tense and terrifying, and but overall, just it's a fun horror movie. It, it, it's a horror movie where you get scared by a jump scare and then you laugh at it because you just you had a fun time. It, it's like the tension of roller coasters. It's yeah, yeah. All right, so let's see. We talked about we talked a little bit about Matthew. You talked a little bit about uh, Billy Loomis. We talked a little bit about Courtney Cox. Uh, well, we never talked about her, but like no, I, I, I like we you know, mentioned her, but I feel like you know, like I, I feel like the thing I like about her and Dewey in this movie is I, I remember like I think Dewey's really charming in this. I don't mm-hmm. love Courtney Cox in this, but I also don't necessarily love Nev Campbell in the beginning of this. But they're characters who like, despite what the other movies are, seeing them grow throughout the series to me is really enjoyable. Like when I, like when we first start with Nev Campbell at the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. just knowing what she becomes, like. Because she starts off as, like, you know, like the, she's supposed to be the kind of every girl. Like, she's supposed to be the final girl, the, the virgin character. And just, like, knowing the character she becomes by the end of the movie. Or by the end of the movie, but then by the end of the series. Like, every movie, I think, does a really good job developing her as a character. It's really enjoyable to watch. Just to be like, oh, man. Like, like, like there's, I remember back when Nev was, like, like the prude, essentially, character. You know, when Sidney Prescott was the prude character. That's how he started her off in the movie. Um but then she develops into like this like survivalist by the end of the series, which is awesome. And like I think mm-hmm. Courtney Cox is the same thing. She starts off this movie and kind of ends it too as the reporter is only worried about her story. Like a little bit flexibility happens towards the end, but I think the what I really like about her character is knowing what's to come and the development that she's going to go and undergo as a character. Yeah. And I, I do really like that about Nev Campbell, too, as Sydney. You really buy into the idea that by the end of it, she is a hardened survivor. And the uh, new Scream movie trailer, I have seen it, and I am going to give you one line from it. Uh, one character asks her, do you have a gun? And she goes, I'm Sydney Campbell. I always have a gun. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Or Sydney Prescott. I always have a gun. And I just, yeah, that that's a good line to kind of grow her character development on that front. See, I, I feel like Nev Campbell's character in these films is what they're tr- is what they wanted to do with Jamie Lee Curtis's character, in the sense that like I feel like she, yeah, again, Nev Campbell had a lot more friends die in her movie, <laughs> and it was her boyfriend and her and like her friend who killed them and stuff too. Like she has a lot more reasons to be effed up, but I feel like she comes out of it as such like a strong. And obviously, some people, you know, not everyone can react the same way and i think that in part two you'd see a lot of her kind of dealing with the negative effects of it and gives her trauma uh but like she i feel like nev campbell to me is like the the best final girl quote unquote like the best survivor character and the best like of any of these slashers because she's such like a strong character who who obviously is affected by what happens in the movies but like rises above it or like copes with it like i don't know i feel like right when i'm thinking about like her nancy um can't remember the other ones. Uh, who's the one, the first girl? Uh, the first uh, Friday 13th movie. I mean, it's just an A. Uh, I don't know. But I, I don't remember either. Yeah. It's it's all of these people, like, they're very, I don't know. I feel like a lot of them, unfortunately, are one-offs or, you know, they come back for a movie and then they get die later on. But I just, I, like, in me, like, Nev Campbell or Sidney Prescott is always, like, the most active final girl but she's the most active in her survival she's the most active in what happens it's not like she gets defended and everyone else dies and she gets mm-hmm. it at the end she is actively throughout the movie act, making good decisions you know reacting to what's going on like it, it's awesome i don't know it's, it's just it's really great to see and i wish we had more characters like that in these movies i think a lot of times especially in the movies prior to this uh, i'm sure this was reaction to them these characters do just get kind of left behind and then they survive as a happenstance like again Wes Craven wrote helped write this I didn't you know he directed I mean sorry and he also directed uh 
I think, and helped write Nightmare on Elm Street, where Nancy is a little bit more proactive. So I think that, that you do kind of see that between these two films. Um, but I just really admire that in the character. And I think that that is what we need in these kind of horror movies going forward. And maybe not the craziness that over the topness that sometimes goes with uh, what they did with Halloween kills. Yeah, the frustration, <laughs> stupidity. I, I, I just love the ending in terms of the, Randy goes, this is the part where, you know, the killer jumps back up and reveals that he's not really dead. And then Sydney just shoots him in the face. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Not in this movie. It's just, I, what a great capstone to end the movie on. Well, Angie takes uh, him out with an umbrella. Like, she, she stabs him in the shit with an umbrella. And then, like, you know, stabs the pushes on the bullet wound when he's trying to choke her. Like, oh, my God. Look, <laughs> like, I, I, on, the, on the wound. Like, what great thinking. What great ideas. Um, I, I love her. I think she's amazing. And I think that, like, I, I'm slightly concerned that Five is going to kill her off. Um, or or Dewey. If they kill off her or Dewey, I'm going to be really sad. And unless Matthew Lillard comes back. <laughs> that will save <laughs> it for okay. me. Um, like, all right, that'll do it. But, no, I... Uh, I, don't, I I I think without the series, it'd be really bad without her. Um, the Scream TV series it might be kind of a sign of that. That, that series wasn't great, um, mm-hmm. but no. um, so the one character I don't think we've talked about yet, um, Tatum, we mentioned a little bit. Unfortunately, Tatum is kind of underserved in this film. I feel like I think she's a great friend to uh, Sydney. She's like very protective, and like I know that there's that scene where. Um, where Sydney punches Gail in the face, and I get the impression that if she hadn't, Tatum would have. Like that's just kind of like the impression you get from them. She's very good at like, as soon as something happens, Tatum like you know comes stay over with me. You know she doesn't let she like is very aware of like Sydney's trauma, what's gone on, and doesn't want people talking about it. Oh like, yeah, she's ride or die. Yeah, she she's all like, she's a great character, um, and I think Rose McGowan does a really good job with her. Um, but then the last character I want to talk about was Jamie Kennedy as Randy Meeks. What what is your opinion mm-hmm. of Randy Meeks? So I totally forgot about him until the end of the movie when they had the party at the house and he's talking about the horror movies and everything like that. Um, and I really like him, honestly. I, I like the stoner aspect of him. He's definitely not as entertaining as Matthew Lillard, but the whole scene where he's standing up and he's talking about the rules of the horror movie, he's just chill. Like, I want to hang out and watch movies with him, honestly. How about you? I see. I used to have that. That used to be my thought on him. Like, and, I, and going to the movie, I was like fondly thinking of Randy, because I think that like like he's kind of like the epitomist of this series of the guy who tells you the rules. Even in the uh-huh. third one, when he comes back, like, you know, he, he he dies in the second one, and when he comes back in the third one, he comes back as like a movie and stuff, and people will keep talking about. It. I think they're, they're they're somehow either like a sister or something. In the fifth movie, somehow they're they're connecting back to him. I forget how. Um, I've heard that through the through the grapevine, but um, you know, his list of rules and stuff is always is a big part of the series and i think it to its detriment at times but watching him in this movie i kind of don't like him as a person Ooh, he, how so i didn't think that at first but like he's an ass he in this movie he's an <laughs> ass and he's like but not like a likable ass like not like Stu is to a degree where you can tell he's kind of like playing around and being an idiot he's like like he might be like a red pillar he might he might be like he like he might not be like a good person <laughs> like and i don't just mean like and i and it, it makes me sick because like and you know as a kid i grew up i was like oh man like watching horror movies i love it he's the best all these things like all these things pointing out but then he's just like an ass to some people he like like his like the way he approaches um like billy being the killer and like the way he constantly talks about how he wants sydney to date him it's kind of gross and it's really kind of weird and I'm, I'm glad they never went on that route with him because I think it would have been weird. Um, but it really, I don't know, he this 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 viewing made me really not like him. 
And he had like he had that one moment, like I think the moment that I think everyone really remembers is that moment where he stands up and tells you the rules. I think that's great. But then I also think about doing that if I was at a watching that movie and that kid somebody fucking did that, I would hate that kid. I'd be like, <laughs> get the fuck out of the way. Like it works it works in that movie as fans, but I'm thinking like in the in the context of this movie, I really don't like him. He's kind of just he's kinda of like a gatekeeping dick. Um mm-hmm. and it's it's and really think- weird. Yeah, and I think definitely this is not excusing that behavior at all whatsoever, but it was very much a product of the time in the 90s. I feel it was a lot more acceptable to act that way back then, just from my own memories of growing up in that era. But definitely, you know, times have changed for the better in this aspect. But yeah, yeah I can see what you mean there. Well, I, yeah, I think that's what it is, too. Like it's, it's obviously time has passed because it didn't used to bother me. But like watching it now, and I think just the way he talks, like, and I think part of that is might be like that might be the, the Kevin Williamson, like, writing to a degree where i think a lot it's really tight but like then his character like it's such a dated character to a degree that like the way the dialogue he uses and the phrases he uses like the, the his vocabulary choice at times is just kind of like oh like you're like an annoying prick <laughs> and like i'm not be that like jamie Kemmett. he definitely goes on 4chan is what you're saying yeah exactly like he, he he's one of those guys who goes on reddit and then like tells you facts about like things he learned on reddit like he knows them and it's like <laughs> did you know this i learned i read an article about this shit you were fucking reddit you son of a bitch <laughs> but that might also come with jamie kennedy i think jamie kennedy's career has kind of gone downhill hasn't been great um and he, I think, shows his age a bit in this movie. I think he doesn't look like a kid <laughs> as much as some of them do. <laughs> um, and that also made it kind of gross. Um, but I don't know. He, the, I never noticed the him liking Sydney thing in the past. And like he said like three times in the movie, like, oh, can I get Sydney? Do you think I can get Sydney? Oh, do you think like, oh, if his, you know, if, if Billy's a killer, he can get with Sydney? I'm just like, what the fuck is like, oh, you became a gross character. You became like that gross friend who's just waiting on the sidelines. Like, stop it, man. Um, <laughs> which again, I, I've never thought that way before watching it this, this time. Um, which again, I think as I mentioned that this movie, the time watching it this time, I felt a little negative about it. And I think it actually just might be him. I think him as like a, a linchpin of the series I really liked may have uh, did me in a bit. But I'm hoping that, because the thing is, I don't remember him that way. So I'm hoping that like two and three, the scenes we see of him three, like will get rid of that. Because I remember like really not liking what happened to him too and stuff and like really feeling negatively about that. So, mm-hmm. but that's just something I noticed this time, you know, watch it a million times, you find new things. <laughs> gotcha alright yeah I don't know what else to talk about this is just an all around solid movie yeah um, I... a couple scenes that really stick out I mean we talked about the opening scene definitely um, what do you think I of... like the principal's death was... I, I really thought it was funny was that your favorite death what would you say is the best death Beth death was best death was definitely the cat door uh, <laughs> Tatum and the cat door like it's yeah I it was just such a good scene. I I just I love the tension of her not realizing that it's the actual ghost faced killer for a while. I love the kind of back and forth, and then just the thought of getting crushed to death by a garage door. And those things are scary if you ever worked on one. Yeah, I I just thought it was a really creative death. No, I I will say like I I don't like the death in the sense that like it's it's very avoidable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I I do like especially because she can easily fit through that door. Rose McGowan, you can get through that door. Don't, don't you ever do that again. But um, <laughs> but I, I did, I think, like like you said, like because I think a lot of it, for a lot of these kids, the point they're kind of hinting at and that, like, you know, Sydney's dealing with me. That's why she survives is because she's dealt with death before and is, you know, is, thinks that Cotton Weary murdered her, her mother. So she's kind of aware of that possibility. But that, that idea that she, like, uh, Tatum doesn't believe that would happen. She's like, I'm at a party with my friends. There's no way this is fucking real. Like... Even though this is a killer, even though people are dying and their their school got canceled because of a murder, she can't like think that it would be real. 
Um, and I, I really like that. I thought that was really clever. And like, if you sit in her shoes for a minute, you're like, yeah, like I like, you know, like a lot of times people, I think a lot of like that um, onlooker syndrome or whatever they ha- happens, passerby syndrome. What's the, what's the thing when you're not, when you're looking at something and it's not happening to you? It starts with a P, right? You look body experience. No, it's like when you're watching something happen, like somebody's being attacked and you watch and you don't do anything, you're like passive. Uh, bystander effect. Yeah. yeah, the bystander effect. I think a lot of that that happens is people like don't necessarily think that it's real or like, you know, don't know when their place is. Like, you know, if somebody was doing that to you, you, you know, you might be like, ah, stop it. And you don't want to be the guy who reacts too quickly because then you're like, ah, look at this jerky. You reacted so quickly to me. Like, you know, <laughs> he thought I was a real murderer. But at the same time, that reaction, you know, keeps you alive. Uh, so I thought that was a really nice little thing to have happen. Um, but, you know, again, I was kind of disappointed to death, though, because I don't think, like, I don't know. I feel like doors can be very, garage doors can be very finicky. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but, no, yeah, I like that death a lot. I really liked, um, well, obviously, the first death was really good, too. Um, oh, definitely. Uh, but there are really much more deaths than that, were there? Let's see, there's her. There's, uh... There's the cameraman. They said the cameraman. I like the cameraman a lot, uh, but I, I, felt I, so I, I do for him. like I do like the reveal of just like oh it's on a thirty second delay feed and then bam dies right there. That that was a great way to set it up. Yeah, no, that that, that was good. And I feel like Jim Gale's a cameraman always get the shit in this in this <laughs> yes. movie. But I, I liked him as a character. Um, but no, I, I I know it's kind of again I said I didn't like this, but I liked Stu's death. But I didn't like how he died. But I liked him like them going too far and him be like man i'm fucking like bleeding like, like I, I think i'm dying man and like and like i love it when billy's like goes to look around for her and she gives the he gives him the phone he's like oh man my parents are gonna be so mad <laughs> yes i love it like that, that that just like endears me to him so much as like this guy who like got really excited like i think he's like in like he's has problems like but not like in the same way that billy does um mm-hmm. what do you think about their reasoning because like th- there's that weird commentary about how like nowadays you don't need a motive and blah, 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 then he gives the motive about how um he killed her mom because um she slept with his dad and that caused his mom to leave um but then i didn't understand the motivation as to why they're killing people now what was the motivation for why they were killing people now was it just the anniversary? The one year, yeah, it was the anniversary, and they were such huge horror movie fanatics, which I got for Stu, I never really got for Billy, um, that they thought it was poetic. Well, because well, I think, well, I think Stu, Billy Compaclam's correct, Stu, but like, but it was like poetic, but like, it just seemed like they both killed their girlfriends. Like, well, I guess you know, I, I assume that Billy killed Tatum, and then Stu mm-hmm. originally was supposed to kill Sydney. Um, but I didn't get like why they needed to do all that. Like it, it seemed like I, I get I get that they wanted I guess they they just wanted the fame of it. Nobody really knew that they killed the mom the first time, and now they wanted that infamy. Um, but it seemed weird because I feel like if the plan was to kill Sydney, they could have definitely done it in the house earlier. I feel like there was, but you know, I guess it's not planning really. They think they're smart and they're not. Um, but yeah, it just seemed weird because they when they first killed. Um, I think that the reason they implied that they killed Drew Barrymore is because she, Casey, she used to date Stu, right? They said Stu used to date her, and then she broke up and went after um, Kenny, right? That, that, that's what they said? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's why they killed them. But then he kills, I don't know why he kills Tatum, I don't know why they kill the principal, because the principal never does anything to them. Um, I don't know. That was, that was weird. I didn't, after watching it, I'm like, wait, what was their plan? If it was just infamy, <laughs> and I, I guess that's part of the point, right? They say we don't need a point like i think bill even quotes um 
Anthony Perkins in uh, Psycho, and he's like, we all go a little crazy sometimes. Yeah, so. definitely, and especially after the first scene, there's a lot of influence from Psycho in this movie. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of got the effect that it was just, they were media, they were influenced by it, and they were psychopaths in general, um, and they just wanted to be infamous. That's kind of what I got from it. And did you agree that Randy says that like nowadays... You know, the, the motivation isn't necessary because it's the, he's like, it's the millennium. We don't, you know, motivation doesn't matter. Do you agree with that? Because I almost feel like that's the opposite. I feel like as time go- has gone on, we want more explanation. Like, I think it's to a detriment a lot of the times in horror movies where they explain too much. But I feel like the general progression has been to explain more. In 2021, definitely. In 1996, probably not. And then the thing I keep thinking of, too, is in this era, it's... You know, Marilyn Manson, Columbine happens three years later. There's a very, the seeds of anti-violent video games, violent media. Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat was around this time. That was 94, I think. But uh, Joe Lieberman had already started his crusade and everything. There was a bit of a pushback to um, violence in media in general. And I felt that they were kind of feeding into that in some way. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that, uh, and I guess yeah, the idea that like it's just like the, the school, the nine the bullies at school, just these two guys. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I yeah, see. I see. That's it. kind of what I got there. Um, right, trying cool. think, any, I don't think anything else interesting here. I don't have any facts. I meant to. I have the. So I bought the Blu-ray a little while ago. Um, the Blu-ray of the first three films, and it came with Still Screaming, which I can't remember if that was made by the same people who did um, Never Sleep Again or not. Um, but so it's, it's a it's like a series behind it. I actually when I was in Korea, I think it came out originally. And I bought it. Um, no, actually, it must have been before then. Um, no, that was, that was the Friday Thirteenth one. But anyway, I, I used to own this and I got rid of it at one point. So I'm excited to go through and watch it again, kind of get some behind the scenes stuff. Um, so maybe for the next one, I'll have done that by then. Um, but Dan, did you spot Wes Craven in this movie? I did. He was the janitor cleaning up, dressed up as Freddy, and I fucking love that cameo. Yeah. Why did his name was Fred, too? He's, he's Fred the janitor. <laughs> he's like, oh, it's just you, Fred. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> See, I like the thing that, like, do you think that, like, with, I want to know the story behind that. I wanted to know if they were like, hey, be in this movie. Or he was like, I want to be in it. Or if they were just like, oh, fuck, the guy for Fred didn't show up. Get in there, Wes Craven. <laughs> uh, but I love that. What, the, what is the movie that, um? what do they say? They say it's like a Wes, not Wes Anderson. They say it's like a, you know, it was, it was a Wes Frick. They, they combined two killers, Wes, and I can't remember, because it was Wes Craven and, some, and then another horror movie is the, the person they relate oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I don't remember the what it was, but I do remember that line. It was like, you're like, oh, it's like a Wes blah, blah, blah movie. And I was like, ah, you. Uh-huh. Look at you guys. Wes Carpenter. Wes Carpenter. Wes Carpenter. <laughs> Which is yes. funny, though, because I'm like, <laughs> you, you guys listed Halloween, Sean Carpenter, and um, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> so, like, in this universe, is it did Wes Carpenter make both of these movies? I'm... I'm very curious. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's but, like a last action hero sort of thing where just everything Arnold Schwarzenegger has been replaced with Sylvester Stallone. I would, I would love to see, because I'm, I'm thinking, you know how they talk about a lot of movies, like, oh, this, the, you know, in this movie, in this film, this movie is a movie. Like, in Halloween, The Thing is a movie, because they watch on TV. In this movie, Halloween's a movie. Um, so now I'm like, oh, man, like, 
is there a movie where Scream is a movie in the background? And is it one of these movies that already is? Like, is there a Halloween movie where Scream's in the background? In which case, like, interconnected universe? Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of like Scary Movie kind of took up that mantle in terms of the parody of the parody, so. Mm-hmm. That's true. Though This was originally called Scary Movie, which is interesting. Um, yeah. But I always, I always thought it was interesting that, like, they made the first scary movie is a parody of Scream, which in itself is in a lot of ways a parody of the horror genre. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of like doubling down on that. So yeah, maybe that's what made it not as effective because they had to go to the balls to the wall humor, you know, or actually the balls humor, um, because you know they already it's was, like it's the only way to go further. What, yeah, it's like what uh, they were doing, saying um, Eon Films was saying after James Bond, though they when Daniel Craig got cast as Bond, they had to go gritty. They had to go darker because they if they went campy again, well, Austin Powers had already been there, done that, and no one would take it seriously. Oh, I did not know so, that, but that makes a lot of sense. Poor, poor Pierce yep. Brosnan. Um, so I'm trying to think anything else I want to cover this. I, I, I am really excited. So I think what we have to do at the end of, uh, maybe the reason why we should, we should keep two by to its own movies, I'd love to do a prediction with you about what three, what you think is going to happen in three. Ooh, that'd be a good one, yeah. Because, like, if you haven't seen it, I would really like to be like, oh, what do you think's going to happen? What's three going to be about? We could do a two-parter episode where we record one part of Scream 2 and then one part of Scream 3. I don't know. We'll hash it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. yeah I don't think there's, there's going to be as much to talk about in that one. Um, yeah. Okay. But so, you yeah, definitely see Scream. It is an absolute classic. Uh, just a really, really fun horror movie. Yeah, no, I, 100%. Like, I, I don't mean to get... I, I feel like lately I've been shooting a lot of movies. I'm not trying to... I think this movie's great, but I've just started to pick out what i didn't like about it more which just happens over time you know there are things there are things i still enjoy about it's like this movie's still amazing um yeah. and also if you know if you ever feel like playing scream you know and you're interested play dead by daylight where you can play as Ghostface, um hey. and go around and hunt people it's it, it's he's a great character i've started playing with him recently it's such a okay so fun game. did the dead by daylight devs finally give you that uh sponsorship they they did they, I, they they they, they called me, me up. shit they called me up they're like yo yo andrew we'll make you a survivor <laughs> in the next in the next game, you'll basically be Dwight. You'll, you'll just die a lot, and your, your skills will be, you'll talk about alien <laughs> movies a lot, and just, you know, the, the killer will just walk away out of disgust. It'll be great. <laughs> um, Good stuff. But, it, you know, it's, it's, if anybody's, you know, waiting for Scream 5 to come out, it's like, man, I wish I had some ghost face games to play, which, other than watching the terrible TV series, uh, you know, give, give, it, give it a try. It's a great game. Um, and he's, you know, he's a great, he's a great character. He's a great killer. Though, actually, the fun thing is, um, in the, uh, as we'll learn, as you know, every movie has a different killer, in the game, it's even a different killer. It's some like reporter guy. It's even like it's not even like Billy or Stu. It's like a different ghost face in the game, mm. which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, Good stuff. All right, so cool. yes, that was Scream One. Uh, you know, we're gonna be doing all four of them, possibly five of them, when the fifth one comes out. Sounds good. Awesome. Very wonderful. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you once again to our opening theme song. That is Horror Movie Story by Teddy's Atlas. You can get them off the album Children of the Corn. They're good, good Canadian boys. Shout out once again to Swedish Horror Nerd. Check out his stuff. He is fantastic. I'm really excited about this movie opportunity for him. Uh, yeah, he, he puts out a ton of horror stuff that's all really, really good. So, yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, Andrew? Okay. Hey, you got to make a Predator or Alien reference. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. You're right. Sorry. <clears throat> So on on, on on Disney Plus Day, um, along with all the Marvel stuff they announced, you know, Hawkeye, they did announce the new Predator film, which is called Prey. It was originally called Skulls. They changed it. Um, and, you know, it's, everyone's up in arms about the fact that it's starring a, uh, I think, Navajo. I, I can't remember what, what, what she is, but um, uh, Native American uh, uh, girl is going to be fighting the Predator. And I, I'm here for it. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yes, definitely.
All right, cool. Well, at the very least, it can't be worse than The Predator. 100%. What, wait, what was that? <laughs> what was that quote you saw? <laughs> All right, so just, again, Andrew and I are both very pro-vax, but... Um, <laughs> There, I don't want to lead credence to conspiracy theories or running front, but someone on a Reddit thread once posted, you know, oh, we don't have to worry about the autism subpoint because the Native Americans didn't have vaccines yet. <laughs> Which, for anybody who hasn't listened to The Predator or seen The Predator, in the 2018-19 movie, The Predator, uh, basically the conceit of the film is that The Predator is hunting an autistic child uh, because it wants to advance its intelligence. Um, which is, again... It's a very problematic question about what's going on in that movie, and it was a very it's awkward. It's a very bad movie, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, we'll check you out next time for Scream 2, possibly Scream 3, and you will stay groovy. Bye. Bye.